Hey guys, welcome back to Chris and Harry Unplugged. This is episode 15. If you don't know who we are, we're two Gen Z liberals who scream about politics every week, uh, Mondays at 1 p.m. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's been been a wild week. Hope everyone uh, had a great weekend. Um, and today, I think we're going to obviously talk about what continues to dominate the news, which is the Israel and Gaza conflict, and a little bit about Biden's response to it, uh, and um, a little bit of a conversation about domestically how Americans are viewing this conflict. Um, I know on social media it's raging pretty heavily right now, whether you're quote-unquote pro-Palestinian or pro-Israel, etc., um, and give you a little bit of our takes on that. Um, very quickly before we get started, though, in the link in the description, both in the show and on the YouTube, we've, we've made an executive decision. We have merchandise. I'm holding it up right now. This is this is this is a unplugged hoodie. It's it's actually like you know if you're not on YouTube, then like I'm I'm so sorry you're not gonna understand this, but you can check it out. It's got it's got lettering. <laughs> it's pretty sick. Um, I, I a lot of people are asking. I feel like we're just gonna like soft launch it and see how it goes. So like the website you see in the description is not 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 anything too crazy. Like not too many options or anything. It's just um, basic design. You can gray black with like blue cursive letters there may be one with like a little like cut out uh picture of us of sorts um and i'll just see if like people are interested uh, i know a lot of people have been asking to support the pod in some way and um we're still talking about the the patreon soon so um obviously the hoodies if, if you are a hoodie or a mug whatever is on that website uh if you enjoy it it would uh, actually mean the world to us um if, if you if you decided to make that purchase and it helps us out a lot so just thought i'd throw that out there we love you guys so much we appreciate everyone tuning in every single week it truly means the world um and with that being said let, let's do this thing harry let's let's kick, kick us off buddy man what so yeah as chris said you know this has been like wow um the dominating story in the news the past couple of weeks is you know what's happening in the middle east with israel and palestine and um it's so difficult. It's just such a difficult conflict because there's so much passion, so much emotion between between each sides. Uh, no matter what side you're on, uh, people have very strong beliefs on the matter. Uh, but regardless, if you're just kind of like a casual who may not really pay attention to the the depths of these issues, you're not like studying it in depth and, and whatnot, which I think the majority of people aren't. Um, you're probably just scrolling the news and seeing these horrific photos. Uh, the photos are very difficult to look at of innocent people, innocent children, um, dead, murdered um, from both, you know, Israel bombs or uh, Hamas invasion and, and just shooting innocent people. Um, so it's, it's just been a rough week, I think, for a lot of people, um, especially those who are in Palestine and those who are in Israel. So we want to start off the pod by just kind of Acknowledging those people, giving our thoughts to those, the innocent people and the victims of this terrible tragedy. And, um, you know, if you have any family or friends or any relatives involved uh, who have either lost their lives or just happened to be caught up in the middle of this, we are uh, so, so sorry. Um, it's just a very, 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 very sad uh, situation. So we want to acknowledge, like, the humanity behind what we're going to talk about today first because, you know, it's often overlooked. People will look at the numbers and they'll just be you know they'll look at the numbers and think they're numbers when in reality there's a person there's a story behind every single one of those um and it's very tragic so i just kind of want i think that's a good way to open the conversation here yeah. about when we're talking I, about this um you know hard stuff yeah, i hard i stuff. agree 100 and thank you for saying that because i think as a lot of people scroll 
social media and especially our generation um excuse me may have a little bit of a more pro-palestinian stance etc there's you know a lot of people are in um very heated debates and, and arguments and feel very passionate uh, a lot of people are affected by this but you gotta you know also remember as you're scrolling that like harry said you know this is um these are these are people's lives and a lot of times that gets that gets overlooked for the sake of politics but um yeah just just take everything we say in this podcast knowing that um exactly what harry said every one of these people has a story and regardless of what you think of it all it's it's very tragic so yeah um so anyway let's let's talk a little bit about what's actually gone on in in recent weeks i think um you know we're seeing Actually, let's just start with the. How about we just start with the numbers, guys? We were just kind of talking about the numbers we just mentioned, um, and I think you have some numbers. I have some numbers in front of me. Uh, according to NBC News, uh, more than two thousand four hundred fifty people have been killed in Gaza, and ninety two hundred people have been injured in Israel. Fourteen hundred people have been killed, and thirty five hundred have been wounded. The death toll for Americans, because Americans have also lost their lives. Uh, from the Hamas's attack on Israel and the subsequent war stands at 30. Uh, and it's likely, or it's at least believed that there are more around 13 last time I checked. Uh, the numbers might be updated, but at least 13 being held hostage by Hamas uh, wherever they're being held hostage. The FBI negotiators are still actively trying to get these people back. President Biden met with the families of uh, people who are still have hostages alive or believed to be alive. Uh, he talked to them in, in, while he was in the Oval Office the other day. And he assured them that we're doing everything we can to get them back because we are. But that's a you know that's a lot of a people affected. That's over ten thousand people injured. That's over uh, close to four thousand people who have died, uh, including both numbers on both sides. It's just um, very difficult. And I think you also have some have some numbers that give some context as well. Yeah, um, right? I think that one of the major uh, one of the things that's being talked about a little bit is you know Gaza. I believe half of their total population, which is about 2 million people, is under 18. Um, and so a significant loss of life, um, specifically on the, the Gaza side, has been children, um, women and children, specifically children. As of uh, right now, when we're recording this, it's, it's between 600 and 750 uh, children in Gaza have been killed, which is just, you know... Uh, you know, not there's. I don't know that I really need to say anything on that. Um, it's, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, I, it's hard. It's hard to fathom. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that's like what's really hitting me hard, and I think like a lot of other people, it's kind of like the child aspect of this. There are just so many kids dying, um, and you know, we we're we're getting different reports on both sides. Like there was that story that. 40 babies estimated that was never like a confirmed number but around like 40 babies were beheaded by hamas terrorists and but we've also seen footage out of gaza of um innocent kids dead innocent kids yeah. murdered and um yeah sorry uh it's just difficult no. man sorry no yeah yeah yeah, no, no, yeah yeah um i think um <clears throat> a little bit of and we'll get into harry and i's you know opinions on this which uh, may not be liked by a lot of people, um, but actually the the Israeli report on that dominated the news a lot. The the forty babies was actually at least 
was not true, was unconfirmed and then retracted. Um, I think that, you know, during a tense time like this, it, it's a, uh, a lot of bad information gets out. Uh, I think Israel probably has a, a, a uh, it, they, I don't know how they, I don't know why that information, where that information came from, but it was since retracted. The, regardless of that, though, um, to your point, there is the, there has been confirmed reports of, uh, I looked, I saw a picture that you'll literally never be able to unsee that, uh, shout out to, you know, I think MSNBC made a good decision, but the Israeli government, uh, released a, a picture of a, of a, I believe a 16 month old who was, uh, in a cradle that had, uh, I, just, I don't even know how to say this. It essentially, uh, had passed the the baby had passed and there was there's bullet holes riddled everywhere and msnbc made a stark intense decision to air it just so people were aware um so i mean yeah from from all sides uh people are losing their lives it's terrible yeah um and that's the thing it's like just a note on that that baby's beheading story it's like i don't i don't actually know where we're at with that i don't think they ever issued like a formal retraction um, of like, oh, it didn't happen. I, th- you, I thought I, I did thought you see I, that? I mean, maybe I just missed yes. it. Did you see? It? I, no, I, I, I thought I, I'd seen an official report from, uh, in I believe NBC that the Israeli government retracted the story. And uh, Wait, I, that, I actually haven't seen. Maybe, may, I, I can see if we can. I don't know. Maybe try up. to find that. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because last time I checked, I mean, I, 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 I just haven't seen anything like that, like genuinely, um, because it was weird to me because the Jerusalem Post, which is like obviously a, a, report, a news agency that's based in Jerusalem, um, confirmed it. They said that they saw photos. Really? So I don't know. I don't know where we're at with this. I, but that's but that's that's the thing. Like, I think like, see, look, I think that this like back and forth that Chris and I are having right now is really representative of this modern age, you know, the modern age of social media dealing with war. Because it's like the information on that's being spread on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it, a lot of it's just completely false. A lot of it's just completely false, mm-hmm. and like nobody really knows where we're at with these stories anymore. Like, it, it's just hard. It's just hard because it's like it's hard to know what's real and what's what's fake. And like, uh, I would definitely recommend you know if you're listening to this podcast, like verify what we're saying and like go to verified news agencies. I think Reuters have done a really great job of covering CBS, NBC. Um, you know, I, I also recommend like. You know, uh, news agencies that actually have reporters on the ground, obviously ones that are more reliable. But, you know, I think that's another aspect, another layer of this this conversation is that it's just like it's just we don't really know what's true and what's false, given, you know, how like Elon Musk has taken the guardrails off of Twitter and like community notes are great, but they're they're not very fast. Um, And and they're also wrong a lot of times. But yes, and they're often wrong. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, Um. but yeah, I think that's I think that's well said. There's a lot of information flying around up. The um so the um so essentially there was there was a broadcast um in Israel where someone had claimed that they heard the reporter had claimed that, that they had heard from an Israeli soldier that f- 40 babies at least um uh that they were beheaded or something along those lines. CNN reported um, on October 12th that an unnamed Israeli official told a news outlet 
um, that the government had not confirmed the claims, including Netanyahu spokesperson, quote, there have been cases of Hamas militants carrying out um, uh, carrying out beheadings and other ISIS-style atrocities. However, we cannot confirm if victims were men or women, soldiers, civilians, adults, or children. So it, they they just they just claim they that they, they didn't know they couldn't confirm it. Now look, I'll 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 say this, um, and I I want to preface this by saying as as we get into this, uh, I I posted a video about this. I stand I'm I think that this issue is incredibly complicated. It's the most complicated geopolitical event in human history, um, and so I'm myself. You know I'm under a staunch belief that if you don't have a direct tie to the region or you are not some set historian, you should probably not be making claims online of I'm being very staunchly pro this or pro this a lot of people are it, during an inflamed time like this there's a lot of information flying around so i think the best thing you can do is listen um in my personal opinion i i, I and harry and i actually may disagree on this um and we'll probably disagree a little bit later but i think that i'm i'm uh pretty undecided or or split i think that there's a lot of atrocities going on um between at least in the last seven days between both Israel and, and Gaza, um, just talking about in the context of the last, you know, seven to 14 days. Uh, I, what I, my understanding about the report about 40 babies, I, if I really had to take my best educated guess, I know for a fact that there has been, like I said, pictures of babies who are not alive. One was, uh, burned, completely burned. It's absolutely horrific. The 40 babies and some of the other initial reports that seem to have come from unnamed Israeli government officials were probably in an attempt to unite some of the Western world in their uh, what was now what is now going to soon be a full on ground invasion. Um, and so I would probably guess that that was a little bit of wartime purposeful misinformation. I could be wrong. And I'm not trying to suggest that Hamas has not committed atrocities because they have. Um, but I think that Israel is really looking for support because they are, you know, and again, I want to staunchly say that I, I probably am, am pretty, you know, 50-50 on this issue, but Israel is doing some atrocious, atrocious things right now, especially in the last 24 hours as Gazans flee to the south. They are telling Gazans to flee to the south and then bombing the shit out of the south. I understand that Hamas purposely uh puts a lot of their uh military targets behind apartment buildings behind hospitals etc um and so people say you know what is israel supposed to do you're gonna end up bombing civilians i still just don't know if i can i it's 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 so hard to be able i don't know to be honest i again i just feel like we're losing a lot of the humanitarian it's hard it's really really hard for me to look at someone and think about an apartment building with gazans in it most of which are probably children and say well it's hamas's fault that all these people are going to die and then bomb the shit out of them um you know and, and obviously the the comp the the context of the last you know 15 years uh i i think a lot of people on social media are pointing out gaza is an open-air prison uh if you live in gaza you can't get out there's little humanitarian aid most people are in poverty whose fault that is i'm not here to take a stance on um, but yeah, sorry for the rant. You can go ahead. No, I, I actually, um, I actually think you, you bring up a good point as to Israel's response. Like, um, 
I think a response has to be measured. It has to be calculated and you have to really do your best effort to not kill civilians. Um, and I'm not, I'm not sure we're seeing that effort, you know, anyway, um, aside from that, what you kind of, what you said just kind of led me to, um, remember this report I just read and I actually pulled it up while you were talking. Um, it's from, uh, CBS news. Maybe I'll just actually like throw it up on the screen. Uh, if for people watching on YouTube, yeah. uh, maybe you'll see this. Maybe you won't. It sometimes doesn't work. We're just going to throw it up anyway. Uh, it's the CBS News report. It's, uh, it, it's kind of just like an update, like a live update. It's, it's Israel, uh, Hamas war, death toll, climbs in Gaza, airstrikes as the Secretary of State Blinken visits the region. And um, I think this, this, these two paragraphs are really uh, important. It says, while the death toll in Israel from Hamas's bloody rampage crept up, with victims still being identified, images from inside the densely packed, completely blockaded Palestinian territory showed many neighborhoods flattened, and that's true. I mean, you know, you kind of look at these these pictures coming out of Gaza, and it really is just like entire buildings, uh, multiple in one region, just destroyed. It's just rubble. Um, and then the next paragraph is, is the scale of Israel's counterattack led a group of independent experts at the United Nations to warn while condemning the horrific war crimes committed by Hamas that indiscriminate military attacks against the already exhausted Palestinian people of Gaza amounted to collective punishment. They, they went on to say that this is absolutely prohibited under international law and amounts to a war crime, which is a big allegation. You know, like, you know, experts at the United Nations saying that it's a war crime. I think that's something that people should pay attention to. Um when talking about yeah. this, um, because you know we're 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 just I don't know I just don't mean to rant too much. Sorry, uh, no, no, we're just no, like no, you're... you know we're seeing these 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 uh, you know apartment buildings destroyed and uh, you know I, I read something as well that you know Gaza is being bombed more. And again, don't take my word for everything. I would definitely recommend independently fact checking us. But I read something around that like Gaza is has been bombed more in the past few days than. ISIS was being bombed on average every single month by the United States between 2014 and 2019. That's a lot of bombs. So, like, they've bombed them more in a couple days than the United States was bombing ISIS per month between 2014 and 2019. It's a lot of bombs. And again, like, I, I, I think, I know, I just for clarification reasons, our position is clear here. Hamas is bad. Hamas deserves to be eliminated. Uh, they are a terrorist group, and what they did to the Israeli people is horrific and disgusting. And they and I agree with what President Biden said in that sixty minutes sixty minutes interview. Hamas should be eliminated, but the Palestinian people should not. And I think what you said, Chris, like you know, we know that Hamas are cowards. They love to hide behind civilians. They love to hide behind children. Um, but I don't think that that means you bomb. You know these places where civilians are known to be. It's just such a difficult situation, and. Right, man, right. exactly. So hard. I think no, yeah. I think that's well said, and I I appreciate you bringing up that article, um, because yeah, a lot of people will point to that as you know the UN will you know has has screamed specifically you know twenty four hours is not enough time for one point one million people to get out of the north of Gaza, and you know Israel could be or is uh, I'm not sure exactly what your article said committing war crimes. I think. Um. A couple other important things here is that um, I just completely, I completely lost my train of thought. Just sorry, it's a hard topic to talk about. I think, yeah, I think. Thank you. No, it's a lot, dude. Like it's a lot to keep in your mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I do want to reiterate, and this is pretty much my stance. It it's been my stance on TikTok and Threads, you know, which is 
Twitter essentially, which is it's possible to be pro-Israel. It's possible to believe that Israel has a right to exist because it does, while simultaneously being critical of the fact that you know Israel's government as it stands right now is very right-wing, borderline fascist. Um, a lot of people in Israel don't like Netanyahu. I don't like Netanyahu. Some of the people that in the Israeli government say some very, very, very extreme right things, specifically regarding this situation. Um, they've, you know, they've, they've, they've. Some there was some there was an appointee of Netanyahu the other day, who on an on a TV interview essentially said, you know, we're 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 you know, it's absolutely not true that the citizens of Gaza aren't partaking in this. Essentially, he was conflating civilians with. Hamas and saying, I guess they're all the same. I think there's there's some very right wing people in the Israeli government. I think it's possible to be be pro Israel um, while simultaneously, you know, agreeing that they have done some horrible things, specifically over the last decade. And simultaneously, it's possible to be uh, pro Palestinian or feel for the Palestinian people while being able to, you know, uh, agree that Hamas is a, a terrorist organization that. Um, committed an absolutely atrocious act and then obviously you get into the fact that you know gaza as a whole you know pro probably determine uh you know there's gaza as a whole is, is hell it's an open air prison you cannot leave uh israel controls all the borders uh and so you very much feel for the palestinian people i'm not again i don't think harry and i are here to make a judgment about why all of that is the way it is in the last two thousand years you know i'm not I would very much advocate for everybody listening, if you, again, are not a historian or you are not, uh, don't have a vested interest in the in the region, which if you do, I, I really pray that everyone, no matter if you're Palestinian uh, or you have people in Gaza or Israel, I, I really pray that everyone stays safe um, or I hope everyone stays safe. I, I, I just, I really would advocate for everybody to just watch, listen, and just try to learn. Try to learn as much as you can. We're trying to give you information about the last 10 days uh, and kind of our stance on it. And, you know, we, we will learn more as we learn more. But sorry, just also had to get that out of the way. Um, if you want to say something, go ahead. God, this episode, ugh, ugh, this episode is fucking deep, bro. Fuck. It's, it's hard, man. Like, this is a really difficult topic to talk about, especially because, you know, like, we're not, we're not experts nor – um, are we people directly affected? But it's like, no, everybody in the world is watching. You know, the entire right. world is watching what's happening in the Middle East. So it's hard not to like want to talk about it. Um, but as Chris said, like, you know, we're doing a lot of watching, listening, and reading right now. Um, we recommend everybody else does as well. I think you perfectly put that. Um, yeah, man, it's just so yeah. hard. Anyway, look, um, wow. I, I, like, it's just, anyway, it's very difficult. Yeah. It's a very difficult topic to like, dive into and stuff so yeah yeah i think that will shift a little bit to domestically i think that a lot of people probably care, uh want to are curious about president biden's response um obviously the united states one of if not our one of our biggest allies if not our biggest allies is israel we send them some three billion dollars a year um we essentially fund their entire iron dome uh which is you know protects them from missile strikes etc uh israel is a a a massive ally of the United States. Uh, and so the direct response from President Biden was to obviously unequivocally back Israel, which I think any politician would do. I, I think that's probably the, the right idea. I think President Biden has also been very, he's been, uh, regardless of if I may, and I'm still determining this, I, regardless of if I may disagree or agree with um, 
some of the nuance. I think that I'm glad I'm I'm glad it's Biden. Uh, I think that he's been, you know, he rallied. He has been a very effective leader. He's spoken well. He's made it very clear that, you know, the Palestinian people are not Hamas. He has debated. He has has conversated with Egypt, which I believe is happening as we speak, that they will try to open the border for Gazans possibly to cross through Egypt or possibly Americans who are there's some unclear there. But he's been trying to get Gazan civilians out. He's made it very clear that Palestinian people matter while simultaneously backing up Israel and also saying today that, you know, he, you know, the what the. Uh, contrary to popular social media belief, Biden doesn't have a say on whether Netanyahu's government is going to storm into Gaza. Uh, he's made it pretty, I think he's made it apparently clear that it would be, you know, it would be, it would be hell, but that's not President Biden's call to make. He's not, he's not, he doesn't control these things. I think his um, leadership and his response has been effective, effective, and I think it's been good. Yeah, you know what? That is, I'm so happy you bring that up because, um, and here I can already see the comments coming of Harry. You know, loves Biden, never criticizes him. I already can see it. However, I genuinely believe that President Biden's response to all of this has been fantastic, and I think he's playing this very, very well politically, but also doing the right thing simultaneously, which is not always the case in politics. There are a lot of politicians who will choose to do what's beneficial politically and not do the right thing. Um, Biden often doesn't do that. He often does the right thing, but this is just happens to be one of the, one of an instance when it sort of overlaps. Now, what I'm talking about is that as Chris mentioned, president Biden has made it clear that the United States unequivocally stands with our ally Israel, which, uh, is good for the United States government because we are allies of Israel. Um, and, you know, we can't just be like, give them the middle finger because they were attacked by Hamas and Hamas is a terrorist organization and we unequivocally condemn them. Good. Good stuff by President Biden. I like it. But Biden's not just only standing with Israel. He's not just saying we like Israel and throwing his hands up and walking away. No, he's also doing pretty much everything he can to make sure that innocent lives are spared. Uh, and I have a couple examples of that. Um, as as Chris mentioned earlier, uh, you know, Biden is negotiating with Egypt and Israel to allow innocent Palestinians to leave, go through the border there. Uh, Egypt's not being very helpful there, but we're still working at it. But I saw a couple stories today, which, you know, I really think highlight President Biden's efforts. So number one being uh, President Biden's focus on getting Americans out. Now, of course, you know, the United States has unique interest in getting American citizens out of Hamas. And so uh, we just got reporting the other day that the United States will facilitate charter flights to transport Americans out of Israel. They're also doing the same for Gaza. They've sent a bunch of ships into I don't know what I actually forget what the sea is there that borders um, Israel and Gaza. If you can remind maybe look up a map and remind me or something like that. But there are currently ships right now as we're recording this in dock there waiting to take uh, Americans and hopefully they'll be back for um, innocent people as well, innocent uh, Palestinians. So Biden's not only doing that, um, but he's also he also just talked to Israel today, and and due to United States pressure, um, Israel has resumed the water supply to southern Gaza. So earlier in the week, the United you know Israel and uh, some spokespeople for them came out and said that no water will be going to. Gaza. They're cutting it off. They basically cut off electric electricity, water, all these things. And they're saying that no more. We're not doing it until Hamas surrenders. 
Um, but obviously that creates a lot of issues because, you know, the water doesn't just benefit Hamas, it benefits innocent people. You know, you can't live without water. And so President Biden got on the phone, United States, pre and kind of put on that pressure saying, look, we know you're in this war. We know you're, uh, you know, going to launch this ground invasion, but you got to let people have water. You know, this is, you cannot um, not give access to people uh, to have, you know, basic necessity in the form of water. You can't live without it. And thankfully, Israel did open the water supply to southern Gaza. Um, and so, look, I just think these are a couple of examples of President Biden, especially the water, among and, and trying to negotiate a peaceful exit for Palestinians. I think there's a couple of examples of President Biden, you know, publicly saying, yes, we stand with Israel and also legislatively standing with Israel, but also making sure that innocent people are not dying and that, you know, humanitarian aid is getting to them. They're also sending humanitarian aid to, to um, Palestine now, uh, specifically for innocent people, not for Hamas, for innocent people. Um, and it's like, you know. President Biden doesn't have to do any of this. He's the American president. This this conflict does not directly involve the United States. He does not have to be making these efforts and trying to save innocent people. He's doing it anyway, which I think is commendable. I think that's really impressive. And whether you're a Democrat or Republican, this issue is not very political. It's just like, I think we should all be in favor of President Biden doing the right thing here, not only for the United States interests, but also the interests of innocent Israeli people and the innocent Palestinian people. Sorry for that long rant, but, you know, it's no, that was, that was that was perfectly sad. Like, I think that, like, uh, there's again an incredible nuance uh, with the our obviously our long-standing, very strong ally in Israel. Um, the the politics of it, um, the the nature which I'm about to bring up of how a lot of this is changing. Uh, I think he's done probably the best he can, uh, and I think it's been quite impressive. And again, I think that there's like uh, the, a notion um, not to not to uh, hate. I almost said like hate on anyone. Not to like. There, I think there's a notion specifically in regards to this issue and a lot of issues from the much further left. I think I would define myself, as I've said many times, as a, a staunch liberal with a lot of hints of being a progressive, maybe in the middle of progressive and liberal. But from the progressive or far left, I think that there's just often, especially in a situation like this, an assumption that. Um, as Harry and I say privately, that President Biden can fly. You know, this is not this is not <laughs> this is not an issue that you know people say. Well, if Biden could do more for X, Y, and Z, you know, I just he doesn't he does you know I know that there's this common this is there's this common. It feels like it's in I don't know how to explain it. It feels like it's in the air. People on social media talk as if the U.S. has control over all this. Um, and obviously mm -hmm. we have significant sway, which is why President Biden got on the phone and said, turn the water back on to southern Gaza. Um, but in terms of a ground invasion or, you know, Israel's continual, you know, bombing and, and et cetera, that's that's not up to to Biden. So I think that his response in terms of all the nuance has been has been great, um, even if I may disagree with our strong I may begin to disagree in the coming years of our strong allyship with Israel. Um, I think right now the response is very good. And that brings me essentially to this, which I think I found this today, and I thought it was really, really interesting, and I wanted to share it. Uh, I'll read it off if you're not on audio, but I'll, or if you're not on YouTube, but I'll pull it up. So here's some polling from CNN. I believe this was today. I was looking. Half of Americans, 50%, say that the Israeli government's military response to the Hamas attacks is fully justified. 20% say it's partially justified. 8% say it's not justified at all. 21% unsure. 
Obviously, Republicans are far more likely than independents or Democrats to say the response is fully justified. 68% of Republicans say so compared to 45% of independents and 38% of Democrats. Now, this is what's really interesting. Uh, and I think a lot of people know this. It's just not being talked about enough. 81% of those age 65 or older see the response is fully justified. 56% of 50 to 64-year-olds, 44% of 35 to 49-year-olds, and 27% of 18 to 34. That's that Gen Z range, uh, sort of. 27% of 18 to 34-year-olds see the response as fully justified. Only 27%. Now look, and I, and I think Harry and I may debate about this a little bit. I think that I, – I think that – I. I'd, um, <clears throat> again, I'm, I think that Israel is a, is a good ally. I think that they, like I, the, the Jewish people deserve to have a state. I think that Israel, um, over the last, however long has generally, yeah, I, I won't get into that. I'll say this. I think that our, our allyship with Israel right now, as it stands is, is good. I think president Biden made a good decision. I think it's fascinating and it's not talked about enough that our foreign policy over the next 10 to 15 years with Israel will be forced to shift in a dramatic way um, because young people in Gen Z are just simply not pro-Israel like the rest of America has been. I think even if you do polling about this, you know, if this same situation may have happened, this exact same situation, I know situations like this have happened, but this exact same situation may have happened 10 or 15 years ago. I bet the response of, is this fully justified, would have been closer to 85%. America, polling-wise, has always been staunchly with Israel up until recent years, especially as young people have become to be a voting age. And now, as you see, if you are to – I think this I, – I do not like the question of are you pro-Israel or, or pro-Palestinian. Um, but if you're going to throw that poll at someone, I think young people – um, are, are pretty split down the middle, if not, if not go toward pro-Palestinian. And so I, I would take a, take a bet that a lot of young people, as we become the largest voting blocks, are not going to vote for politicians who are going to fund $3 billion and fund 20% of Israel's military every single year, especially if young people see it as Israel is genocidal or occupying lands that they do not have a right to occupy. Uh, and again, I'm not here to make a standpoint on that. I'm just trying to give you information for once. Um, but I think that that's very, very fascinating, and it's it's not talked about enough. And I would agree. I'll say this: I would agree that as Israel stands right now, right, as, as current Israel stands, it's it's moving toward this very far right, borderline fascist. Netanyahu seems to never go away. You have Netanyahu advisors calling for. I think using some absolutely horrific language in terms of this specific event, talking about what they intend to do to Gaza. I think the continual, we'll have to see in the next few days how accurate some of the reporting is of the current bombing in South Gaza. But I think as current Israel stands, I think it's possible to have a, a, a foreign policy, a, a, uh, a strong ally for both foreign, pol for foreign policy reasons in the Middle East, because we need that. But it's also possible that that ally needs to not be committing war crimes. Um, and again, I will again preface because I already see the comments flying. It's been a tough situation. Harry and I have got slammed for being pretty much neutral. I would categorize myself as pro-Israel, but it is also true that their government has done some atrocious things. So sorry for the rant again. You can let me know what you think about that. 
Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think like I think the more appropriate label for like Chris and I is not like pro Israel, pro Palestine. I think we're just like pro innocent people. Yeah, we're like uh, pro. We just we're... really care about. I'm so sorry. I forgot there's like a little bit of a delay, so I like cut no, you off. No, no, no. Go, go oh, ahead. Yeah, go there, ahead. I'm sorry. There, I'm there's sorry. a little bit of delay. So if there's a little bit of delay, we're like talking over. It's it's difficult. Um, just keep that thought though, because I want to hear what you have to say to that. There, I think the more appropriate labels like we're pro innocent people. I think like labeling. I think it's, I I just don't think it's productive for us in this conversation to label us one way or another. I think we fundamentally anyway. You guys know where we where we stand. Um, I so as when Chris and I were like planning the show or the podcast before this, we were kind of talking about this, and he brought up this point of like foreign policy changing within the coming years. And I see the polling, and I think it's interesting. However, I don't really think I see United States foreign policy shifting all that much when it comes to Israel. Um, I think it a lot of it really does depend to, as to what happens in the coming weeks and days, probably days, um, as to uh, you know how Israel what their invasion of, of Gaza looks like, uh, how bad it is. Um, you know, I think a lot of people in the Palestinian, or excuse me, the Israeli government that are like far right, like Netanyahu, probably don't want Palestine to exist anymore, uh, which is obviously not something we support. I support a two-state a two a two solution. But I think that our partnership with Israel is a strategic one. It's one that helps both countries. And I'm not sure the United States is going to be so quick to give that up, even if like, you know, Gen Z wants that to be the case. And maybe we elect politicians who don't support that partnership. Um, but I think like our military is going to emphasize to these leaders, like guys, like this is a very strategic partnership. We have to have like people in the region. We have to be uh, attuned to the Middle East and to what's going on there and be able to collect the te- intelligence effectively. So I don't know. I mean, I just, I'm not sure if I see the partnership changing all that, all that much in the coming years, but we shall see. Okay. Interesting take. I think... Well, first of all, I appreciate you reiterating our position. I think I'm just like, and again, I think a lot of people will watch this and say, Chris, you seem to contradict yourself. Again, this is a very, very, very complicated situation. You can, I keep telling people, they're like, but Chris this, but Chris this. I'm like, that's kind of the whole point. There's a lot of buts. Um, We're just pro innocent people not dying. Um, And a lot of innocent people are dying, which is really fucking sad. So if I get grilled for that position, fuck, I don't know what to tell you. Um, but actually, I you know I'm not sure that I agree in terms of foreign policy. It's a it's a it's strictly in terms of politics and foreign policy. It is incredibly crucial that we have a, Israel, um, and I, I I would agree that we may not be quick to to move on. However, it's I think it's fascinating the change in public opinion, and I'm specifically doing some comparison here to, for example, what's currently going on in Ukraine and Russia. I think that situation is a little different. But right now, my understanding is that the White House um, is, is, is pretty much the White House has shifted its position and Congress has shifted its position of pretty much telling Zelensky, like, this is no longer a blank check. And Zelensky has flown to Washington several times recently because he's trying to keep up the pressure because he knows the money is going to stop. Why is the money going to stop? Because all of a sudden, at the beginning of the war, we went from 68, maybe 65, 70, somewhere in there, percent of Americans said, I think the U.S. should be doing more, more for Ukraine. We should send them more money. Right now, we are not 51% of Americans think the U.S. should be done 
funding Ukraine. And because of that public policy shift and a current 2024 election coming up, I think the White House is feeling genuine pressure that if they continue funding this war, it's going to put a serious nick in their re-election re campaign. That's my, that's my political like take as an unbiased person. I, I think that the, that the White House and the administration should continue to fund Ukraine, but that's just that's the nature of politics. If the public doesn't want you to do it, you know, then fuck that the public doesn't want you to do it. Um, but I think that that will I, I think Gen Z is really like I think that this narrative on war, the U.S., you know, doing a lot of these things. I think Gen Z is staunchly anti-establishment. They're not going to play the the game of 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 at least some of Gen Z, the, the people further left than us are anti-establishment. They're not going to play the game of, you know, this is for democracy. This is for that. They're going to say we don't want money going to this is what they'll say I'm, this is not me they will say we do not want our dollars going to a genocidal state and i have not seen young people quite as passionate about any issue than this one they are very passionate about this issue now there's really i disagree i actually disagree really dude it feels like everywhere i look i see a new 19 to 21 year old tuning on in on this issue who have <laughs> never talked about politics in their life which is fine I support the use of social media. I support using your voice. I like that Gen Z is getting involved, but I feel like I have not seen young people quite as involved about any issue. Maybe that's just maybe that's my algorithm. Well, I I think that um, I don't know if I'd say like Gen Z are mostly like this is the issue that Gen Z cares about the most. I think like I've seen Gen Z definitely passionate about other issues, and I think that there's like sustaining passion about like I think like. I think there's like a momentary passion about this just because it's right, in the right, news, right. but I well, think that, like that, that, passion about right, issues like climate change and yeah, let, let's just, let's just be delay, clear. My I, man, I, delay, delay, yeah, delay, delay. delay. I'm, I'm so sorry. I'll let you, I'll let you, I'll let you finish. I am so sorry. The, there is a, there is no, 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 dude, you, you gotta finish your statement now. You gotta fit <laughs> there. Oh my there like, God, bro. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. So my, my apartment Wi-Fi has been, out for the last week and a half so for us to record on our software i have to use my phone's personal hotspot and the internet's not very good so we're having a little bit of i apologize for that but um yeah i i would say i'm not i'm not this is definitely not the issue gen z is most passionate about i'm just saying it is there's a lot of momentary passion here that is that i have noticed yeah i think it's like a i think it's like a, well, that's what i mean i think it's like a momentary passion i'm not sure um, this is like the most – Gen Z is definitely passionate about this issue. A lot of young people are definitely passionate about this issue. We're seeing it online right now, but I'm not sure it's the most important issue. Um, but it does it, – it just like – I think like when we I – mean, this is about to be a hot take. I'm, this is about to be a really hot take, so I just warn you. I think it's like – it's sometimes I feel like people's anger is selective. Like there are like – so many atrocities happening in the world right now that a lot of people don't talk about. And just in relation to this, like we're seeing all these people talk about it, but like why aren't people talking about the ongoing uh, Uyghur crisis in, in China? Why aren't people talking about the crisis in Hong Kong? Why aren't people talking about people still being slaughtered in Africa? Or, the or, or you know, these, these or, you know, a lot of people still don't talk about Ukraine. It's just like, I don't know. Um, I, I I don't even know. It's just like it just feels like it just feels like, you know, when I see like very far left people like really like chastising folks like you and I and and stuff like that about not caring about these issues, it just seems like 
it just seems very selective. If, does that make sense? Like maybe that's yeah. just a hot take. Maybe I'm just being an idiot. I don't know. Possibly, no, but it no, just seems no, like no. it I, seems like there's selective t- outrage in all these things. Go, go ahead, bro. Go ahead, bro. <laughs> Go ahead, bro. Well, I'm so sorry if you're still. Just go ahead, yeah, bro. Go ahead. I, I bro. keep th- I keep thinking you're going like you're stopping talking, so I'm trying to predict it. So my bad, bro. I'm I'm genuinely so sorry. The delay does not make it easy. I I don't mean to cut you off. I'm bad in these conversations. Wanting to keep talking, I apologize. Um. But no, I literally all I was gonna say was like that's 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 very fascinating. Like I think that's an interesting take. I don't think it's I don't think it's necessarily a bad one. I I do think that the the far left right now is is doing a little bit of pretty intense like very 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 intense um just just being fucking brutal anyone who has like a has a has a hint of 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 pro-israel in them but also from the from the far right you know i think like a lot of these universities have set up pro-palestinian events the right is very 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 outraged about it I'd say most people are outraged about it because I'd say, you know, like I said in the, in the polling, I think most people, regardless of this issue, are pro-Israel. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. It just feels like um, it just feels like there are a lot of people who who are the loudest on these issues who are also the quietest on others that are exactly the same, of like innocent people dying. Um, like if we want to be like – if we want to – have these positions like if 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 far if really far left people want to like come after president biden and all this stuff like they have to be consistent and i just i think that's what you know these issues bring out a lot of emotions i think this has brought out a lot of emotion to me recently just on the american political side of like you know people are slamming biden for being like you know standing with our ally in israel and like they say he should be doing more for palestinians but I don't see them calling for, you know, doing more. Like these are the same people who will be like, "Oh, we got to stop sending money to Ukraine so innocent people can live." Like, you know, as you were kind of mentioning earlier, like you, people are like, oh, we have to stop sending money to Israel, uh, you know, leftists, I think, are like, they're like, we have to stop sending money to Israel. It's not fair, you know, do they're doing all these horrendous things. And I think that's an interesting conversation to be had. But then they're also the same people who are like, we have to stop sending money to Ukraine while innocent people are being lined up still as we're making this, the, as we're filming this podcast every single day, innocent people are still being lined up in Ukraine, getting shot in the back of head in the head and, and being buried in ditches and you know Russian soldiers just going through these villages one by one and these towns one by one and just killing innocent people it just seems like there's a lack of consistency um, and that's a little bit off topic from what we were discussing but it's certainly like something I've noticed in American no, politics that's... it's like we have to we either care about all like we have to be consistent here and it's anyway, sorry go ahead no no I'm sorry because I realized I cut you off again bro I'm, I'm genuinely so sorry no, I was done. Honestly, you, you you jumped into the right time. You're good. Okay. Go ahead. Um, no, no, I, that's actually a really fascinating take, and I think the one, like you said about Ukraine, is like super fascinating. Um, that there is like, seems to be that lack of consistency, um, and yeah, I agree. I also think that like, and, and again, this is this is a this is a, a hard one for me to say, and a little bit of a hot take for someone like me. I very much support Gen Z using their voice. I very much support being active on social media. I very much support it. I think in a very, very, very complex issue like this, there's just been a lot of just bad information flying around, specifically on apps that younger people use, TikTok, et cetera. You know, like a lot of people on the far left are, why would President Biden be so, you know, I I just can't believe how many times I've heard this. You know, why would President Biden be so sympathetic 
to Israel. This is disappointing. That's like a a blatant, like, I don't even mean to be a dick. That is the most outrageous misunderstanding of foreign policy and, like, America, American policy ever, like, in terms of how close of an ally Israel is, et cetera. Um, and so I, I just think that, like, um, I, I was going to relate somehow. I guess it didn't because I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. But I think back to your point, it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, as we speak, literally, um, like, like our, the U.S.'s standpoint on Ukraine has always been like, we'll, we'll come to the negotiating table and we'll talk to you when you stop lining up civilians and walking into, you know, bu- cru- bu- putting cruise missiles in the people's homes and then lining up civilians and killing them. And then we'll, we'll come talk to you, you know, but the last position on that, I guess, is just stop sending Ukraine money. It's not our issue. Possibly. Um, I think, but like, you know, I think that why that like what the point I made like really kind of pisses me off to put it more mildly is that, you know, one of my fundamental beliefs is that, you know, we are the president Biden says this a lot. We are the most powerful nation in the world, in the history of the world. We are the wealthiest nation in the history of the world. If our allies are suffering or we see injustices in which we could make a demonstrable difference, I think that it's almost incumbent upon the United States to do so. Not saying we should put United States troops in in these regions because, you know, the 1990s, the early 2000s called they want their foreign policy back, right? Not right, suggesting right, that. Right, right, right. Right? But, you know, with Ukraine, it is not only the right thing to do, but it helps the United States – Standing with Israel, they are our ally. It does help the United States. There are questions flying right now about how, how, you know, how that'll look in the future. But we should also, you know, help the Palestinian people, which is within our capacity. And we should help different countries around the world, which we do, um, because we can. And it it really just doesn't hurt the United States to do so. And you know, I I just can't really sympathize or understand people who are like. Oh yeah, let's just not send Ukraine any more money. Let's abandon our allies. You know, we've been we've we've made partnerships with them in the past. Let's abandon our allies and just let all these innocent people get slaughtered. Right. And uh, knowing and you know we have to sit here with for the rest of our lives knowing that, um, you know these mothers had to watch their children get killed and then the parents were killed in front of them as well. I think that's a really difficult thing to live with, and uh, that's not something I support. So I don't know. Anyway, yeah, well, very well said, Ex- extremely well said. I think that's a great point. And I it's like just, a little bit tough. Of, I like the uh, I like the little bit of of disagreement there. We'll have to we'll have to see. Um, I do definitely acknowledge that it's like significantly different. I think the U.S. like desperately needs in in uh, we we need some in terms of foreign policy. We need some some what's the word? We need some say in that region. And Israel kind of you know. Gives us gives a little bit of stability there, so it's complicated. Everything's complicated. I think um, I can't believe we're already fifty one minutes in. My goodness. Uh, I think that um, with all that being said, Harry and I really just um, if you've been affected by this in any way, regardless of where you stand, uh, we're th- we're thinking about you and we're proud of you, and uh, we just really hope that. Peace can be had because innocent civilians and children don't deserve to die. Yeah, I think and like, yeah, I think like with all that being said, I know like this is probably people watching who agree with us, probably people watching who disagree with us. Um, We understand it's like a very heated topic and, um, you know, there's a lot of emotion here. Um, Just to reiterate again, you know, we stand with innocent people. Um, 
we you know all we want is like a uh peace right now all we want is a ceasefire um we i i i think we both agree that both palestine and israel have a right to exist and all and, and uh you know israelis jewish people like deserve a state palestinian people deserve a state hamas is bad hamas should be eliminated and also oh i also should clarify i don't think like ukraine and uh what's happening in israel is the same it's just kind of like a you know two major wars going on right now just kind of looking right. comparing and contrasting um but yeah a very difficult issue and as chris said like you know if, if you were affected um by this issue you know anybody you have any loved ones friends even friends of friends whatever it may be you know we are thinking of you we are so so sorry that this happened um and we hope that there's there's peace very very soon because this is just uh tragic so yeah yeah well said well said um and final message a few things thank you so much for listening just a couple more things um uh just be careful what you listen to on and read and on online social media continue to just try to learn um do your best to listen the fact that you're listening right now you're doing something that a lot of people don't do which is trying to educate yourself um obviously independently fact check everything we're said we said we're not experts on this we're just trying to give you well, we can, so we appreciate it. And on a lighter topic before we go, like I said, in the description of the YouTube, in the description of the Spotify, of wherever you're watching right now, or probably on our TikTok pages, etc., you can find a link to a Shopify store that will have some, some merch in it. Again, Harry and I, like, this has been a struggle for us, the morality issue, etc., but, um, you know, we are... We are attempting to try to figure out a way to make a living right now, and I think the Patreon will be really good. But for now, I wanted to see people's – a lot of people reaching out about merchandise and the support. Um, you know, one more time, we, we there's it's it's what I'm calling a soft launch. So there's only going to be a couple things in there. It's not going to be, like, too, too crazy. I just kind of want to see, like, what people's thoughts are. And, again, I know I'm not wearing it um, because I was wearing it all day yesterday, but it's actually pretty dope. Like, it's, it's unplugged, like, just in the cursive. Very comfortable hoodie, high quality. Full transparency, I haven't done the exact math yet, um, but we will probably be making anywhere from like 7 to $11 per hoodie. I'm trying to make them like as cheap as possible, but also, also want to make sure that they're A, high quality. I really want to make sure they're high quality and B, that like I'm shipping, I'm actually going to get them myself first and be able, I want to like, we want to like write handwritten notes, et cetera. So the shipping time will be a little longer. Uh, and that does make it a little more expensive because I have to ship myself. But anyways, if you're interested in supporting, truly, it means the world. It means so much. I can't describe. Uh, you guys are incredible. So catch us back here next week, Monday at 1 p.m. This has been Chris and Harry Unplugged. We appreciate you a lot. Please have a great week. Uh, you can check us out on other socials down below. Comment what you thought. Subscribe if you have not. Uh, and we'll be back next week. Peace.